and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1988 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's Minute 78, which I have beginning with Kenny saying sorry to Denise and her saying it's okay regarding the cold floor. And I have it going through everyone scatters. Yes. So I have a question for you real quick that I meant to ask yesterday. Sure, And I kind of forgot because we were doing theater. Right. Did Yearbook Girl or Girl Whose Party It Is have a name listed? Nope. But Watermelon Guy did. Yeah. I feel like Jason Siegel was like, my character's name is Matt. That is the, yeah, that's some, that's some legitimate Jason Siegel shit. Like, and it didn't get worked into the script at all. So he just went on IMDb and updated it. I just, where it is in the IMDb page is so much, it's not even like, it's like changing the middle name of, of, of someone on Wikipedia. You would have to go in, add a quote to the character, hyperlink it. Like, I don't know how to do IMDb, so maybe it's super easy to do. I just feel like it's so much work to not have, like, if someone is just randomly being like, my headcanon is that that guy's name is Matt, but I don't think about Yearbook Girl at all, so I don't have a name for her. And even though I'm thinking about her now, I'm not going to give her a name right now. <laughs> like, yeah, it is baffling weird. me. So there has to be some sort of source material. Of course, there's also no citations needed on IMDb, so it's right. just whatever. But, like, I was blown away. What do you think Yearbook Girl's name is? I always think girl? of her. Yeah, I always think of her as Melissa, but that's just because that's the actress's sure. name. I I think of something that rhymes with Melissa, um, Clarissa. Oh yeah, okay, I can see that one too. That makes sense. <laughs> what about girl whose party it is? Um, I think of her as being kind of like a um, like a maybe like a Blair, or like a interesting. Like a, um, I, I want to say pretty, but that's not that's not what I'm going for. But like, a, that's sort of not like a name, is, James. <laughs> right, just pre- yeah, that's a name in like a book where the name of the person isn't important because they've been like that's not part of the book. Um, and I hate that book. I already hate that book, and it doesn't even exist. <laughs> but like uh, something like a dis- that is more of an adjective than a okay, like a given name, like like Bell or okay. something, where it's like it's sort of like all right, that's a little much, but. All right. She just, I feel like she's a very daddy's girl sort of. Yes. Sort of kid. And that he is kind of, that the father is kind of like a, um, who am I thinking of? All right. So I'm so sorry for the second George of the Jungle reference. In George of the Jungle, the 1996 movie or so, yep. Leslie Mann's character uh, it goes home to her family in, in San Francisco. And her father is like the kind of guy that's like stoic. The mom is the leader of the of the family, but he makes he like he kind of is the favorite of her of their daughter, mm-hmm. and he finally puts his foot down. Spoilers for George of the Jungle, minor side plot, but he finally puts his foot down and stands up to the to the wife about her. Okay, and I I picture that as being girl whose party it is is dad. Interesting. Yeah, I think of her as like a Bethany. Mm, that's a good one. But when you were talking about, like, adjective names, now, this is not an adjective, but I was like, or Faith. Mm. But considering that I said a B name and you said two B names, I do think it's canon that her name starts with a B. For sure. Yeah, so it's not Faith unless there's a silent B at the beginning. Right. Burl, whose party it is, Mm -hmm. Smith. Yep. Well, it's girl whose party it is, but the B is silent. Oh, right, right, right. Of course. Uh, okay, so 
then so we're yeah we haven't even we haven't even started the mini yet that was just a side right. conversation so <laughs> denise asks kenny if he's ever done this before well but before hold on one, one sec okay i want you to say that again but real quick the way that kenny says oh sorry in the most like i care about your comfort sort of way yeah. is just <sighs> just so nice and so lovely yeah so. And her, it's okay, is like, yeah. it's not your fault. They're reassuring each other. Yeah, you're, it's very you're sweet. You're fine. It's not your fault the floor is cold. Just Yeah. So, yeah, I just found it very, very sweet. It is very sweet. So Denise asks Kenny if he's ever done this before. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, like, of course. And then he's like, this is Denise. I don't have to lie. And he says, no. Yeah. She says she has once... And she says, it was this guy. And he's like, I don't want to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you not tell me about the last guy that you had sex with while we're, like, about to do it? Right. I think that's the key, right? Like, it's not that he's not interested. It's that now is not the time for yeah. the rundown. Yeah. Okay. It's a bit like, ugh, talk about chemistry. Like, Lauren Ambrose and Seth Green have had chemistry up until this point. Yeah. This exchange, and I don't know if it's because they're lying, like, he's lying on top of her, mm -hmm. or, like, that actually makes me think of he's, like, planking on her, which is not <laughs> what he's doing, but, like, he's, they're lying together, um, and... Now I'm just picturing him planking while she's, like, on a bath mat on the floor, and... But, I mean, he kind of is almost, though, because he's, like, holding yeah. himself up. yeah. So that his weight isn't on her. So, yeah, he's planking on her. What's that, what's that called? Sun, sun oh, worship? You know what? I was thinking planking, like doing a plank, like yeah. the workout move. I forgot that there was that whole thing where people would, like, light as a feather, stiff as a board, lie down on various surfaces. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. So never mind. It is planking in the in the workout where you would like hold yourself up like oh yeah because it's like you hold yourself up on like your yeah arms. you get into like push up position but instead of okay. letting yourself down and then back up you just hold it right. or or go on your or you do it on your elbows but it's like push up position right, right, right. yeah gotcha 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 I was thinking of both weirdly at the same time okay don't know how but it, it was certainly true it was awkward though because Denise was being crushed. Yes. Like she was Giles Corey, but the rocks were Seth Green. Uh-huh. Nothing like a, a forced Crucible reference. Yep. So then we cut to, um, so a, a song, just real quick. This happened in Crossroads too. A song like fades up, and this isn't the musical cue either. Okay. That I was talking about. A song sort of fades up, and I'm like, that sounds so familiar. And it may be that we've heard this musical like interlude or whatever earlier in the movie mm -hmm. or something. But I'm like, what? is that and I could like hum along with it and I was like I can almost hear the song that comes after it but I could not find anything in it uh, when I shazammed it there's a website that basically is like for every song that is in the movie it's like this song is playing when such and such is happening in the movie and I could not find any song credited which means it has to be just incidental Matthew Sweet written sort of just like whatever transitional music yeah. but it drove me crazy because I was like, what is that? I'm sorry. But it it's okay. It does. It drove me crazy in, in Crossroads too, but... Uh, but that's because it, it drives drives you crazy because it was a Britney Spears movie. I just can't sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right. 
So we cut to Amanda, <laughs> who is still looking for Preston and the homeboys. Um, I got the impression that this was... I had this weird thing that I'd never thought of before. That this is Amanda, like, in the last time we saw her, but from a different point of view. It kind of looked like that. She was, like, looking around in the same way. Yeah. I mean, like, it really did look like it was just the same shot, but a different camera. Yeah, yeah, which was which was very weird. But it's revealed that the homeboys are hiding in a bush from their pursuance. Mm-hmm. In, in their their own white boy voices are like, "Is are they gone? Is it okay? And they step out and then immediately reassume the appropriation and start being very braggadocious about what they would have done and what they were about to do and how much they would have yep. injured <laughs> other parties, I guess. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what they think they would have done. And then I could have sworn that what happens is that they... Oh, maybe... Mm, I bet I'm thinking of something that happens next week. Never mind. Okay. So they are in the middle of that when... The cops arrive. Hmm... We get the the thing that I've only heard. Maybe it's because I've never not been to too many parties that have broken up. But I've only heard in movies where the lights flash once and it's like, yep. And a cop car shows up and they run. Yep. Then we see a whole bunch of cop cars arrive, mm-hmm. like it's the freaking Blues Brothers or something, where it's like, that's too many cops. Why are there so many cops coming to this house party? Yep. Then this is my favorite uh, pop musical cue okay. of this movie. Lead singer is up. On the stage, he goes to the drummer, and he's like, all right, guys, I knew we could do this. Mm-hmm. And the drummer counts. He said, all right, I, this is it. I knew we could do it. Drummer goes, one, two, three, four. And the cops come in and yell, everybody freeze. Okay, and I wondered if this was the musical cue you were talking yeah. about, but then I was like, yeah. no, he's probably talking about, like, the soundtrack kicking in. Yeah, 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 that's what I meant, is the is the is the juxtaposition of the band stops playing, but then Blink-182's Damn It oh. plays instead. Oh, okay. Like, it's, not, it's not like it, it like cuts in hard. It's faded up for okay. sure. But the, the effect that's always had on me is one, two, three, four, and instead of them playing, they are, they are interrupted by the cops, but now it's a scatter scene, yeah. so we have fast pop punk. Right. So now... Another mini segment uh, without a jangle. Can't hardly wait minute, colon, blink and you'll miss it. Yes. So I have some stuff to say about Blink-182's Damn It. Okay. Uh, I don't know how much of this I have said, I actually said on the Damn It episode of Blink and You'll Miss It, but that was in season one, probably about 20 songs in. So you can listen to that if you'd like. And you should. And you should. Uh, it's it's very good. And then also go find the song titles that look like they're the most offensive songs because Aaron's on them. That's true. It's a podcast within a podcast. We call it Dirty Blink, because regular Blink isn't dirty enough. That's right. So, uh, Blink-22 bassist Mark Hoppus wrote the song in a short span of time concerning a fictional breakup with a girlfriend. Hoppus described a scenario detailed in the lyrics where former lovers meet in public and one is with someone new. Quote, it really hurts when you aren't the person feeling the love, but you have to act like it's cool to save face. And, end quote. And I'd like to add hashtag relatable. Mm-hmm. Um... He felt the song's creation, which was spontaneous, worked to its favor. Quote, if you work on a song for weeks and weeks, you're forcing it. End quote. The signature guitar line for Damn It was created on an acoustic guitar that was missing two strings. <laughs> which is amazing. I love that. 
Uh, guitarist Tom DeLonge considered the song a breakthrough in the band's songwriting. The song's success stunned the group. Guitarist Tom DeLonge, who noted that many of the band's songs were based on real events, found it unusual that a song that was not directly autobiographical wound up connecting best with, a wide, with the wide audience. Later, he recalled, When Dammit took off, we were freaking. We couldn't believe what was happening to us. Meanwhile, Hoppus, as a result of the single's success, began introducing himself to people as... Quote, that guy that wrote, da-na-na, 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 he fucked her. Okay. <laughs> Which is a very Mark Hoppus thing. Yep. Scott Heisel of Alternative Press called Damn It, quote, the perfect punk song, everyone knows it, and it's probably being covered in someone's basement right now. That's true. Both when he wrote that and also possibly right now as we're recording this, right For now sure. as you're listening to this. And right as soon as this ends, another one. Yep. And another one. In the words of the Loveburger bassist's brother, who has remained relatively unknown, another one. Another one. Quick story. So the Wonder Years, uh, every Halloween they play a cover set before they play a real set um, for their Halloween show. And this year, the band is six people, so they split the six people into into two trios. And each trio played a set of Blink-182 covers. Okay. They called it the Mark Group and the Tom Group. Okay. And it was really good. But they finished, and I was like, okay, that, that was good. And I was like, huh. I guess Damn It was too, like, poppy or too popular or too mainstream or whatever for them to play. They picked sort of, sort of their favorites or whatever. So I'm, I, that was the first set. Then they played their normal set and they, they uh, you know, did the encore, came back, mm-hmm. played a song for the encore. And they're like, all right, for our last song, none of us could agree which group <laughs> would play this one. Because everyone wanted to play this guitar part. So we're going to split it. For the first, you know, for the first iteration of this, we're going to split it among the four guitars, like the three electric guitars and the one bass guitar. Oh, wow. So it went, and then they went into the song and it was, they closed their, their main Wonder Years set the way that Blink-182 closes their set. That's amazing. With, with the song, Damn It. So it is even being covered on things that I pay for. Yep. I find it interesting that Tom is like, I can't believe that this song about a made-up thing did so well, like, did so much better than songs about autobiographical things. Because I'm like, yeah, but everyone can relate to what this, the fake thing that this song is about, but not everyone can relate to the actual stuff that happened to a single person. Like, I mean, so one of the things I think that he was talking about is on that same album, um, he wrote a song called Dick Lips, which is a funny name mm-hmm. about a song that's about a very serious thing. Oh. Uh, which is when he uh, he was drunk at school too many times and got kicked out of high school. Okay. Um, and he wrote a song about it that is basically about like, you know, you know, I, you know, Dad, I see you drink all the time. Why are you so upset with me that I'm doing the same thing? All sort of stuff like that, which was autobiographical. I worry that he is like. I've written all these songs about things that I have, uh, you know, I've pulled from my actual life and had, a, you know, whatever. And Mark just like, I don't know that it was necessarily at the time sort of like a, like a ugh sort of thing. I think it was sort of like, huh, okay. But I think that there was something there to him having taken stuff from real life. Because, I mean, Mark would certainly have hits that he wrote uh, with stuff from real life. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess I definitely get the, I'm over here pouring out my soul, and people just want to listen to this silly fluff song about a thing that didn't even happen. Right. But also, like, yeah, that one's going to be popular because the the tune is catchy as fuck. 
it's right. easy to sing along to. Right. And also, it's something that everybody can relate to. Like, not every... I mean, I'm sure that Dick Lips is a very poignant song, but not everybody can relate to that. It's, it's far more poignant. If you put uh, how poignant it should be and how poignant it actually is, how poignant it should be based on the title and how poignant it actually ends up being... Mm-hmm. It's way, it's like it's through the it's astronomical. Like yeah, I kind like, of want <laughs> like I'm sure Dick Lips is a very poignant song on merch or something. Except it has nothing to do with right. this show. When, when so. we get that that special uh, can't hardly wait colon blink and you'll miss it uh, podcast within a podcast that is actually another podcast yep. merch mm-hmm. that limited edition stuff. That's what we'll yep. that's what we'll have. MTV News is Chris Nelson at the time wrote damn it staccato rhythm and melancholy pop spirit call to mind the Chicago punks screeching weasel as much as they do the emotional fretting of the descendants descendants are basically mark's band that he based everything that he does on okay uh, consequence of sound in a 2015 top 10 of blink 182's best song ranked damn it at number one commenting the best songwriters don't capture what you're going through individually in your life they capture the things that are common to all humanity and there's something about damn it's chorus something about be- about its opening cde riff that sounds universal and so that and that consequence of sound writer in 2015 was named Aaron King in 2020. Oh. So because that's basically exactly what you just said is that it's not a specific thing, it's a universal mm-hmm. thing. And then weirdly in 2015 you knew uh, the notes in the in the riff, which is cool. Yes. Well, you know, in 2015 I was very into like reading music and stuff. It was a phase. I sure. got over it. Yeah. Uh, Complex in 2012 examined the song through the lens of its inclusion in Can't Hardly Wait, calling it one of the most iconic songs of the 90s, those three unmistakable guitar chords, the two voices trading in verse, one sneering punk, the other a throaty few octaves lower, and a soaring punk chorus. At Billboard, it is described as a jump-around pop-punk song, peaked at number 11 on the Hot Modern Rock Tracks chart, which means I wouldn't have played it on my show, which is wild to me, and it... uh, was at number 27 for the year-end chart for 1998. So that is the Blink-182 song, Damn It. And that's that's uh, that's pretty much what I have. Yep. It's just a whole bunch of talk about Damn It. Yep, same. Hey, well, that's <laughs> a whole bunch of talk about Damn It wasn't what I had, but that is what I, I no longer have notes. <laughs> yeah. I guess not really having notes is, is, I guess that's really growing up when you think about mm-hmm. it. Also, you know what else is growing up? Social media? Yeah. <laughs> is that what you were yeah. going to say? <laughs> <laughs> segway brain. Yep, segway. Segway beep. Segway brain? Seg- yeah, I think that's we it. Bane? That's not anything mm. that I just said. Segway bane? We bane is, yeah. It's like a little tiny, cute little Batman villain. Yep. We bane. At any rate, we have a Twitter for our podcast. It is at JE underscore Minute Movies. But if you would like to speak to us individually, I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. I'm at Unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Scavengers Network, where there is something streaming most days at the time of this recording. I know the only things that I really know for a fact are happening on the regular are I am doing date night, uh, playing dating sims with Morgan on Saturday nights. And then every other Wednesday, I'm doing The Last of Us with Tracy and Kyle. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Daniel and Beth, at least as we record this, are still doing Persona on I so. Sundays. I think that's correct. I believe. But yeah, yeah. there's there is something. If if Twitch is your jam, that we have butter to go with it. Mm. Do you eat butter and jam together? Yeah, like on toast. Really? Do you not? 
No. Oh. It's, well, I use jelly also, but well, either way though. But yeah, like no, I, but it's I, either butter or jelly. Oh or jelly no, no, I do them together. Huh. Especially on like a croissant or something, or like a biscuit, mm. you get the melty butter, and then you put the preserves of some kind, the the jellied fruit of some kind, on top. Mm. You're gonna go have toast after this, aren't you? I don't know. I I don't know if that's where my like, that's where Matt gets his. I don't want my foods to touch sort of thing. But I'm like, but how? That's two different things in one. Oh, as if I don't like put you know do all sorts of peanut wild. butter and jelly together <laughs> fair pickles and ice cream yeah i've done that mm-hmm. i've also made a tortilla chocolate syrup ruffles potato chips it's very good okay sweet salty sure yeah. pickles and ruffles potato chips mm, okay fair dill pickles yeah, yeah. Sure. but yeah so at any rate we have butter over on twitch yeah to go with your jam if there is anything that you are <laughs> uh wanting to see on twitch uh let us know or let's yeah because probably somebody on the network can make it happen we want we want twitch especially to be something that is some is a place you're like you know there's only one place that does insert thing you want uh, you Mm -hmm. know on twitch and it's scavengers so yep if you can think of something that that you don't see anywhere else that you want to see we will at least certainly consider yep all right well this has been long Mm -hmm. and we are running out of time before I fall asleep. Right. And as time as honeys... Go hot dogs. Indeed. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.